theorizing that primetime audiences were ready for a new time travel series, NBC and creator Donald Belisario debuted Quantum Leap on March 26, 1989. Starring Scott Bakula and Dean Stockwell, the series followed Dr. Sam Beckett for five seasons of time-hopping adventures and vanished. Now, NBC Universal has resurrected the cult series for a new era. Starring Raymond Lee and Caitlin Bassett, the series once again follows a scientist as he leaps through history, making right what once went wrong. But just what is the show getting right and wrong? That's what we'll explore here on... Oh boy. Oh boy, it's a Quantum Leap podcast. My name is Nate, and with me is a co-host we can all see in here. It's Brian Martin. Hello. Hi, everyone. Nate, how you doing? We got 18 episodes. 18 episodes. 12 initially. Got a six-episode extension. So we're at 18 episodes for season one. I didn't know they made seasons this long anymore, Nate. <laughs> I gotta be honest. <laughs> And Nate's not Nate's not drinking this week. I I did get a pour of bourbon specifically because of the series extension. Oh well, see now I feel like I should just go break out a bottle. Celebratory, yeah, it's a celebratory drink for for our boy Ben Song and uh, Team Quantum Leap. <laughs> the ratings that I've seen online are not particularly great for this show have you paid any attention to reviews or uh, other uh, people's you know, opinions i haven't looked at reviews so much i think i saw like the the review on the internet movie database at one point but i will say the one review i did see this week was dan slot writer of amazing spider-man for a decade fantastic four he wrote fantastic four he's a pretty prolific writer on she hulk uh, he started watching the show last week and absolutely loved it he gave the show a ringing endorsement really and he was uh, a fan of the original series as well so uh from episode one yeah from episode one i was like that was the only one he had seen at that point i was like well if episode one did it for you then strap in slot because you're uh <laughs> you're in for uh, quite a treat from what i can tell on the rotten tomatoes score is like exactly 50 percent with critics <laughs> <laughs> and like 47% with fans or what have you. And I wonder how many episodes they got on their screeners, because normally it's about four. Right. And I feel like if you got four episodes into this, I don't know. I feel like it's getting better and better. So uh... what is interesting is that the the network did change uh, showrunners after two episodes had filmed. So uh. they got a new showrunner, um, somebody named Martin Giro. G-E-R-O, who did Blind Spot. Are you familiar with that show? <sighs> Something about I, a, I, a tattooed woman is found naked inside a travel bag in Times Square. Yes, yes. So Blind Spot, I, I, I thought it was maybe that show because it was the woman who plays Sith in the Thor movies. Oh, really? Oh, yes, okay. and, and I, I'm pretty sure the reason she wasn't in Ragnarok was because she was stuck filming Blind Spot. Right. Because, you know, Sif was in the Dark World and she came back in Love and Thunder. Right. And she was just gone for a while. When you said the name 
I was like, I'm pretty sure that's the show of where she was all like tatted up. Yeah, but I haven't seen Blind it. Spot I... and Woman with Tattoos don't sound like they go together. The Blind Spot sounds like a movie that's about that football player. Yeah, the Blind Side. And... Yeah, right. Like, right. What... <laughs> so I remember hearing the premise when it came out. I never did watch the show. Fairly good ratings, as far as I could tell. Good reviews. I felt like it went on for like three or four seasons. Yeah. So this Martin Giro took over. The original showrunners became executive producers, and they were writers on La Brea, God Friended Me, Gotham, and Hawaii Five-O, among others. All right, there's a 50-50 bag there. Yeah. La Brea, I've not seen. I see commercials for it every week during Quantum Leap now, and I'm like, (laughs) this looks pretty intriguing like a decade ago i would have been all about this show now i'm like uh the prestige drama has gotten so big that it's like uh i don't know if network can pull this kind of show off but right uh, that kind of prestige show has colored my opinion of this show i think Mm -hmm. i obviously have preconceptions on what this show is going to be like just because it's on a network i mean hell the the scenes in the Ziggy server farm, I'm pretty sure, are just filmed in a closet at NBC Studios. Yeah, right. You know, <laughs> exactly. it's like an actual tech closet. Like you might see a tech support dude just walk through and he's like a legit tech support guy. Yeah. <laughs> Thought I'd mention it up top since we had the uh, we have the 18 episodes to go through. So, oh, boy, a Quantum Leap podcast has at least 18 episodes in it, it's- I think it's it's just as much a season extension for us yeah <laughs> as it is for ben yeah as, as and far the gang. As, yeah uh, well we'll see what paprika has to say about that but uh <laughs> <laughs> but, hey i'm gonna sh- i'm gonna show up here uh every week no matter what anyway um so brian uh where did dr song leap that was exciting. Uh, July 29th, 1981, Ben found himself in a bar with a pretty aggressive guy hitting on him. Uh, always a good sign. One glance in the mirror revealed that he had leaped into a woman. We soon learned this woman is Eva Sandoval, a bounty hunter working with her partner in more ways than one. Jake, who was portrayed by the always dreamy Justin Hartley. It seems Ben <laughs> is there. <laughs> it seems that Ben is there. To see to it that a woman named Tammy Jean, played by Sophia Pernas, is taken in for unpaid parking tickets, which seems like a pretty low stakes Quantum Leap episode. And if you're thinking that, you're absolutely right, because we soon find that there's a little bit more to Tammy Jean than meets the eye. Meanwhile, in 2022, Janice Calavici has started digging through Ziggy's files, but not necessarily the files you think because she's actually trying to find out information about the people who are involved with Project Quantum Leap to predict what they will do next. It is that digging through files that compels Magic to come clean with Ian about a certain formative event in his life. Mm-hmm. I, we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but Nate, I feel like that was a, it was a big moment for you. Yeah. Yeah, that's the top of my list of things to talk about tonight. <laughs> uh, I don't think I don't think that's any secret. No, for sure. I, th- I think it was like very first episode, you know, when we talked about who Magic was and the inclusion of that character in the show. There's really one place 
our minds went. And uh, I, I honestly didn't think it would be discussed in this way quite so quickly. Well, I had a couple of surprises this episode, actually. But is that where we should start? Man, I don't know. I feel like that's that's like leading with the money shot because like that well, was it... <laughs> such a, such a huge revelatory moment, and and there's a lot to dissect in there. So I want to kind of maybe start with the leap itself. Okay, I'll follow your lead. So a couple things I really liked about this leap: Sam Beckett, of course, leaped into women multiple times throughout the original series. There was a social justice kind of theme to a lot of those episodes. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. That I did not feel was present here. And I kind of felt a little refreshed by that. The episode I kept thinking of from the original series as I was watching this one was an episode called Sea Bride from season two, where Sam has leaped into the ex-husband of a woman who is about to marry a mobster. And there was this kind of recurring thing in the 80s where you would have movies like Romancing the Stone, where or like the African Queen from like the 50s, right, with Bogart and Hepburn and you know, these two people. Come on, you're perfect for each other. But they're just uh -huh. constantly bickering in each other's throats. And that's what Seabride is like. And I feel like this was sort of a gender flipped version of that, where Ben was the woman and his beau, Jake, played by Justin Hartley, is kind of, you know, the guy. And there's this, these two guys kind of going back and forth. And it's a will they or won't they sort of thing for 45 minutes. And, and I, I enjoyed that playful take on Ben mm -hmm. being a woman rather than like Sam leaping into a woman. And it's all about like, you know, workplace harassment or things like that. Right. You know, it was sort of a joke up front and they did the obligatory, oh, he's being hit on by a guy and, you know, women have to put up with this. Feels like they almost put it in because they felt like they had to. Addison. Addison actually says in the first five minutes of the episode, 30 seconds in a woman's body and you've already been harassed, insulted and assaulted. And right. far uh, for the course or something. It's like right? they had it's, it's like, like they had a little checklist. All right. Like we got to do this, this, this and this. And now we can have fun for the rest of the episode. And now we can do the episode. And then, you know, outside of that, there were no awkward moments where he had to complain about how he was dressed. You know, Sam was always pulling at his pantyhose and how uncomfortable they were. And do you remember, uh, like, especially in that very first episode, the gag was that this woman was ridiculously attractive. And the most disquieting thing about that episode was not the fact that Scott Bakula was running around in a dress for like 45 minutes. It was that Al was leering at him the entire time, right? Right. Like, like skeevily leering at his buddy. You don't get any of that in this episode, thankfully. Yeah, I'd say thankfully. I think we've talked about it before, but, it, you know, how does Addison view Ben? Does she see Ben or does she see... The woman. Yeah, and the way she looks at him suggests that she sees Ben, right? Like, right, yeah, yeah. For sure. And I think the original series eventually got to the point where Al sees Sam and not As the woman. Sam. It was sort of a we, we don't know what we're doing quite yet situation. The, the original series used to explain it as like Sam was surrounded by that original person's aura. Yeah. But the way that that played with the Observer was always played kind of uh, fast and loose, like they do yeah. with so many of their roles. Yeah, whatever whatever made for the best joke at the time, probably. That's and, it. Yeah. That's it. Don't let the technical aspects of what we're doing get in the way of telling your story. I think that was like the mission statement of the Quantum Leap writer's room. 
one of the best things about the original is is how loose they were with the rules of time travel. But it's interesting that this reboot kind of leads with those specifics on how it works and and then leaves something like the waiting room out. I think that has more to do with the style of storytelling that's happening here. This serialized storytelling that's happening because they're constructing their season around the mystery in 2022 mm -hmm. rather than the individual leaps themselves i think that necessitates more of a strict structure that you're adhering to uh as far as the mechanics of all of this are concerned yeah so yeah. i think they're kind of i think they're kind of backing themselves into that for better or worse i don't know yet but i think the story they're trying to tell necessitates a certain consistency to the laws that are governing all I guess. Yeah, but it seems it, I agree with that. I think it's a mistake to leave out the waiting room. Yes. Which is something that's already been established as canonical to this world that you're now playing in. And it's going to be harder and harder and harder to bring it in, you know? Like, yeah, we were talking I, about this. We were talking yeah. about this. It's like when you meet somebody and then you forget what their name is and then you quickly reach the point where it's too awkward to ask them again. Yes. That's where we're at with Quantum Leap, this Quantum Leap series and The Waiting Room. Like if they just brought it in suddenly with episode five, everybody's like, what the hell is this? You know? Right. What, where has this been? What, what do you mean the people have just been appearing in? 2022 because the way the waiting room works for anybody who doesn't know is that like when sam takes the place of somebody in the past that person then takes the place of sam in present time that was the idea behind the waiting room on the original quantum leap and we have not heard a single mention of the waiting room right on the reboot series i think it's going to be a problem it feels like a problem this whole show is about project quantum leap and that's a big piece of the pie that you're just leaving and out. there is a point in this week's episode specifically that to me it feels like the last reasonable time to bring up the waiting room yes and again i think it's something we're going to get to yeah. <laughs> in, in a few minutes yeah all right give me another topic <laughs> so a couple <laughs> things i really really like about this episode first right off the bat i, I don't believe i made a secret I like Justin Hartley. I think one of the benefits in this week is that they really led with the guest stars in the leap itself, which made it kind of a bigger deal. And Justin Hartley may not be like a huge A-list celeb. I was going to say, like, where do we know him from? Well, he got his start, to my knowledge, on Smallville playing the Green Arrow. Uh, but, but the okay. thing he's best known for at this point is This Is Us. Okay. Which was a huge show that, yes. you know, I never saw a single damn episode of. But uh, all I know is that it was sort of like you'd watch an episode of This Is Us and you'd leave the room weeping uncontrollably on a yes. weekly basis. Yeah. And I, having not seen it, I got to hand it to him. I mean, that's a hard standard to match every single week. But the point is, he's a recognizable face for a large part of NBC's audience. Sure. Right. Sure. I think it says something when they're trying to get some NBC stable actors in these episodes of Quantum Leap. So I, I think it's a show of faith, and it's also a show to me that they're putting some emphasis on those leaps, which is okay. something we felt was lacking. Yeah, I do feel like the runtime really did seem to spend most of its time in 1981. Yeah, 
Yeah, I loved the comet. He leaps into this club, ends up having to uh, hunt down the guy that was hitting on him when he leapt in. And Ben ultimately just clocks this dude in the parking lot, just knocks him flat on his ass. And Jake says to Ben, what have you been boxing on the side or something? And he said, which I was like, oh, actually, you look at uh, actually look at you yeah. cheeky bastards. You know, <laughs> I love that moment. It's like, ah, OK, that's cute. That's real. It cute. was. That was a good it was a good moment. And it it rang the same way the original series did, you know. Mm-hmm. It, and so, yeah, I, I enjoyed that, too. It also speaks to what attributes does Ben carry with him? Was he clocking this guy with the force of his fist or her fist? Because last episode, he was swinging with the power of a heavyweight boxer. (laughs) Because, again, this is a show that is now tying itself to the physics and the understanding of how this works. Right. The old show did not. Right? Right. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Either they didn't have it mapped out and never really got there, or they just didn't seem to care too much because it wasn't the focus of their show. It's the focus of this show. Yeah, you've got to think this series Bible has to be about 30 pages longer than that original series was. But uh, so so speaking, you know, still on the the leap itself, mm-hmm. a character that has continued to grow on me every week is Addison. And this, again, was co- sort of like a high point for Addison for me. Part of it is the emotional weight of the episode. Part of it was that I felt like this is the first episode where she seemed to be having fun. Yeah. Uh, and and that went a long way for me. The other thing, though, is that this is the first episode, I think, and we mentioned this on, on our previous episode, where she entered a scene off camera and you heard a noise when she entered the space. Oh, and we were talking... Yeah, we were talking about that in relation to Al and the uh, the door to the imaging chamber opening last week. Did now, we hear a door this week? It was not a door. It okay. was like this weird sort of sci-fi sound effect that sounded like maybe she was materializing there. Huh. Um, but there was a sound effect. And then it was like, oh, here she comes. And I thought that was an interesting touch for the fourth episode of the series. But uh, yeah, but I welcome. didn't notice that. I welcome notice... nonetheless. For yeah. Me. The imaging chamber door, I'm not sure when that was actually introduced in the, the, the first series. Like It wasn't like episode one. No, it, t- it took a while. In the first episode, Al had to leave the bar and he walked out into the street and down the, you know, <laughs> down the street and opened a door, you know, and walked out. Oh, like, yeah, you're right. You're you right. Know, he actually physically opened physically the door like it had a knob. Door, yeah. Like it's just just a fucking door like you'd have in your house exactly yeah billions of dollars it took to build this imaging chamber they couldn't put one of those cool star trek doors on it (laughs) (laughs) that actress caitlin bassett has exactly one credit to her name really oh you're doing like uh like you're you're pulling a janice with team quantum leap (laughs) right now that's right i was looking her up uh yeah she's done one video short before she landed this job wow like i was like what else has she done and the answer was nothing good for her yeah one of the things i thought about though with with addison it occurs to me how often sam was left to his own devices before al showed up it would sometimes take 10 minutes or so into yeah. the episode before al would show up al was a second act entry sometimes yeah. 
be interesting to see Ben kind of left to his own devices for a minute to get his bearings on his I would own. I especially love to see that on the next episode of this show. Yes. Maybe they just can't find him for a while. Like, that would make perfect sense to me. Well, yeah. For and those who don't know, like, the next episode takes place in, like, the 1800s, I think. Certainly what it looks like. And in lieu of having a waiting room, how do they find him? The idea was that they find out who this person is that's in their waiting room. Right. They have a general idea of, of right. where to locate So, Sam. like, how... And, and if he's not even leaping within a, his own lifetime... This goes back to the finale, right? The finale of the original Quantum Leap was the only time Sam Beckett just leaped, right? He was himself. Yeah. There was nobody in the waiting room. Yeah. And what happened? They couldn't fucking find him for 50 minutes. Yeah. Al doesn't find him until Act 3. All he can do is rewatch the entirety of human history right? In the, in the imaging chamber, drastically looking for any sign of Sam. Right. Because there's nobody there to go on, right? Yeah. Like, so, yeah, yeah. It's a big hole. Having no waiting room is a big, it's a, it's a big hole. And it's only getting bigger. <laughs> yes, yes. A big hole that is only getting bigger is the episode title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I liked that Ben was kind of actively fighting the idea of what he was really there to do. Like, going with my gut, I don't think you're right. I don't think that's why I'm here. Yeah. And there's a little bit of that um, with, with respect to the love story between Eva and Jake. And Ben putting his own feelings in play, maybe questioning, what am I really there for? Is it really to bring in this woman or is it to put these two together? Now, the thing that's interesting is, turns out it was to get the woman <laughs> and he was just wrong. Yeah, I mean, he is... was, it was definitely to get the woman and the woman wasn't, I mean, to be fair, it seems like, why would I leave here just to bring a woman in for traffic tickets, right? Um, right. And, and that was a reasonable thought for him to have, it turns out, because it turned Certainly. out she was a, uh, she was a drug kingpin working for a cartel or leading a cartel. Right. Yeah. But, um, yeah. that, that seemed awfully forced to me. But, like, but the interesting I... <laughs> thing, I think the interesting thing about, what Ben's going through in terms of wanting to sort of see these two get together and this sort of like feeling like I want this to work out happy. There's this kind of two things at play here. One, he sort of wants to be a bystander. Like he doesn't want to be the one that makes the decision. He's like, this has to be Eva's decision. And he right. keeps punting it out, punting it out. And eventually Jake's like, you know what? Forget it. If you can't, tell me you love me after everything we've been through together, then, then forget it. So it's like he ends up almost sabotaging things because he doesn't want to be right. the decision maker there. He just sort of wants to see it happen. But this is also, at the same time, as every single one of these episodes have done, it's stemming from something in his personal life, right? His, mm -hmm. his foggy recall of the woman that he left behind in 2022. Right. I think all of that stuff plays together pretty well. Was his leap dependent on their getting together or was it dependent on taking cocaine off the streets in L.A.? <laughs> you know? I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was that one. It was but that like, one. It's this, that, L.A. is fine now. That's the other thing. That Don't eat the snow in L.A. When Addison's reading out, and that cocaine doesn't make it to our streets. Good job. <laughs> I was like, yeah, 
Right, because this one woman <laughs> with her suitcase <laughs> couldn't come across the border. It's a real cascade effect. The cocaine trade shut down in LA. I mean, okay, it was still it was still early <laughs> in the eighties, right? Scarface hadn't even come out. <laughs> so, uh, but, so I, I could believe it. I could believe that, like, it, it all starts in one spot. Right? I kind of feel like his saving that relationship was part of the leap. Could it have been a dual thing, or was it really just like if they hadn't gotten together, he still would have leave? Well, they didn't get together in the original timeline, right? They right. moved to separate spots. So, yeah, I believe that them getting together was in part the point of the leap because everything had to happen the way it did for her to get caught and for them to end up together, right? Like it all sort of dovetailed. Okay, um, so, so what so was say, just a happy coincidence because the other thing worked out? Or, or it was like all of that was the goal. Right. Like okay, it's like so a Rube a, Goldberg machine. It's like, a where two, like, like a two pronged leap goal. Right. 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 <laughs> okay. It just achieves both ends. I was talking to one of my other friends about Quantum Leap and like what kind of show was it? You said early on in our discussion that it was hard to think of it as a sci fi show because it's primarily drama. Right. Mm -hmm. But right. speaking with another friend who happened to mention that it's it's also kind of mystery. Sam, right. every episode, Sam is there trying to solve the mystery of what am I doing here at this time with these people? What is my goal? That's a really good point. That's you know? a really good point. It creates a mystery that has a little more nuance to it than the Tammy Jean reveal in this episode where we discover that she's uh, a major Car drug kingpin. She's, she's Carla and she's <laughs> the head of La Serpiente, right? Yeah, that reveal seemed... A little forced to me. For me, the entertaining part of the 1981 portion of The Leap was really seeing Ben and Jake interact with each other. Mm -hmm. That was a lot of fun. Like, it harkened back to those sorts of he said, she said kind of romantically antagonistic relationships. I, mm -hmm. I like that kind of stuff. So yeah. it worked pretty well in this episode. The big reveal at the end is that Ben remembers who Addison is. Right. Will he remember next week? I don't know, right? He leaps within second of it clicking, but he does seem to be retaining most of his memories leap to leap as they sort of come back. Yeah, the implication so far is that once he's remembered something, he's retained it. And uh, I also made a note of that. That was, uh, you know, the second thing that I definitely wanted to talk about this week, which was, sure, uh, I'm wrong again. Because I think just last episode, I was like, well, I was waiting on that episode where they have the, the false melodrama of Addison having to watch Ben be involved with a woman mm -hmm. and not being able to tell him and how she was going to wrestle with that. Right? The show just pulled that rug out from and under they, you. Yeah. Right now. And, you know, kudos to them, honestly. Four episodes in and they said, you know what, we're not doing that. To me, it seems much more interesting for him to know that he's in a relationship. I assume that the leap is going to put him in a situation where he's going to have to be intimate or suggestively intimate with uh, It's probably going to be woman. next week, and it's going to be somebody who is just disease-ridden, like a disease-ridden prostitute in like the 1850s. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully not. But I was going to say he's playing a grandpa next week, I think. Oh, yeah, you're right. Well, hey, is that... I mean... I mean, as long as you can afford it, I guess. Right? <laughs> the moment where the pieces come together for him, I thought was really kind of beautiful. Like, yeah, in a network sort of way. Sure. His response <laughs> to her, it was unexpected where she says it, he says it's you. And she just says, yeah, Ben, it's me. 
and he says that's great news yeah and leaps like that's great news i was like that's kind of unexpectedly romantic yeah to say it that way i was like wow what a what a nice little moment best responses to i love you since i know yeah <laughs> that's great news yeah the show will be better for it or i'm hoping i'm hoping that that's the case because Ben is going to have to decide whether he wants to do things that he has to do, knowing that his fiance is ostensibly in the room. They definitely took the high ground here. And I think it does a lot for their relationship. And I I hope it does a lot for where we go from here. Uh, Yeah, but that's at the end. There's like you said, there's a couple things in this week that were maybe unexpected Mm -hmm. at this point in the series, right? You'd think that it was a little bit, deeper into the show before we started addressing some of these things but getting into what's going on in 2022 we know that ziggy's still running slowly janice is infiltrating ziggy to look up information about the staff members of project quantum leap to try to game out what they're going to do next and upon learning this magic says you know there's some things in my past i don't want you to read about I want you to hear them directly from me. And so he takes Ian out for, for coffee. Okay. So we're getting into this now then. Yeah. I mean, I mean, this is, this is the big thing. This is, this is like the big revelation in 2022. This is the, the, the money shot I referred to earlier because this is something we both talked about being really interested in hearing about in the very first episode when we were talking about the inclusion of magic, as a character and what he could reveal potentially about the experience of quantum leap. Right. And I'll be damned if he doesn't do it in this episode, like just, Mm -hmm. he goes full tilt into it. Yeah. Just describes what it's like to have been the leap E. How do you, how do you feel about that explanation? I think I was sitting on the edge of my seat, just kind of my jaw open at the TV as he was, I was, I was hanging on every single word. That mm-hmm. he said, and mm-hmm. I thought it was really, really well written because it sucks you in like that. It's, it's, you know, I felt a nudge. I'm out there. I feel a nudge. And he describes it like being on the other side of a door. And then he tells Ian, I said yes to the nudge. I went through the door. I let I let the person on the other side of that door in. Right. And then he basically said, you know, he he didn't have any direct recollection of what happened for the next day. But when he came to his whole platoon had been saved. Mm-hmm. And so then that was that. Right? right. Like, But then he goes on and says for years he had dreams about a person he had never met. Right. And it wasn't until he became an admiral and had access to the files for Project Quantum Leap that he realized that he was a subject in Project Quantum Leap. And he saw Sam's photograph and said, that's the guy I've been dreaming about. Right all these years and i thought wow what a i thought that was fucking rad yeah yeah i have a couple of thoughts on this uh Mm -hmm. and first and foremost i really like the way that he describes it i like this for a lot of reasons it makes sense what that feeling is A, a nudge like there was somebody at the door you can almost imagine that experience Right. You know, as a as yeah, a as a like, believable thing. This sort of out of body experience where yeah. you just sort of like which I thought was just really, really well explained. And the thing that I really like about it is there are so many episodes where 
you could criticize the episode for, oh, well, he's there to do this. Why didn't he just leap into character B and just not do that thing? Why is he this character trying to affect that character? Yeah, even like last week, why why didn't he leap into the character who was suicidal, right? Yeah, and just not kill himself. (laughs) It's just not not kill yourself. Ta-da! Well, he'd be there for a while. (laughs) Yeah, it would take a while. Yeah. But no, my what I'm saying is yeah. there have been so many episodes where you think, well, if he's in fact controlling who he leaps into, why wouldn't he leap into this person in order to affect that change? It would be mm-hmm. so much easier. Well, now you've got a description that suggests maybe he tried yes. and that person wouldn't let him in. Yes. Yes. Which, and that was that was the big question. Like as soon as that that scene was over, that was my big question. Yeah. And it's a good answer for all of those. Any Anybody that wanted to nitpick a show that way, yeah. and it's like, well, it's silly. Why is he the the sister in this episode? Why didn't he be the father or something? Right. It would make so and, much and more sense. Well, the father wouldn't let him in. You the know? implication or, is that you can reject the nudge. Yeah. You cannot let it come in. And I thought, oh, my God, there's this huge ramifications for the entire series really yeah. like the original and this series is like yeah and that a person and, can reject you leaping into them which right. i mean more power to you your body your <laughs> choice man but like i mean <laughs> <laughs> well certainly but yeah i thought that was really great and then of course you mentioned that after the fact magic and then we can i guess presume uh the other people that sam inhabited were able to to recall him in a very ethereal sense you know i thought that was interesting too yes yeah so i've kind of got a compliment sandwich here going on with this because feels like the blacking out part it was always an option that we considered you know that maybe he just they just won't remember any of that fuzzy yeah but the rest of it being so thoughtful and interesting that it feels like a waste to just say, uh, and then I blacked out, and when I came to X, Y, and Z had occurred, you know. So <laughs> you know, you know, I thought, how confused must Lee Harvey Oswald have been when Jack Ruby shot him in this universe? <laughs> like, what the fuck did I do? <laughs> and here's a question: What led Lee Harvey Oswald to accept the nudge? Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, he seemed pretty accepting of all sorts of stuff. You know? I guess it's that's like, true. Yeah. He I, already had kind of a fractured psyche. Maybe he just felt like it was another personality manifesting itself. You know, who yeah. who knows? <laughs> there was also a lot in the original series that as the show evolved, you know, this this notion of are you more Sam or are you more Tom Stratton? Right. Which by the end of this series, it was really becoming very blurred. You know, mm-hmm. he had some of this person and some of his own and, and he, you know, it was kind of unclear. So it was sort of setting up that, that there's a partnership there between the leaper and the leapy. Right. This isn't an invasion so much as it is an exchange. Exactly. Right? Like this, is, this is this is a voluntary exchange. Elvis at one point said, hey, yeah, baby, come on through the door, you know, and just <laughs> and we did it and we did it. I I was very pleased with that portion of it. I want to hear more. It just leads me back to where I started with this episode, which is no mention of the time that you were waiting 
in that that was it that was room. like when i said that this was like the chance the show had to talk the, about the waiting room it was yeah. magic right yeah and the and, show just very very deliberately elects not to talk about it and moment. why is the question i am enjoying this show i, I will admit i was going to be the hard sell you know sure, sure. evidently i'm the hard sell in this in this <laughs> scenario and and it hasn't won me over completely yet but Two of the main things I'm still waiting on is, one, if you're going to base your show around the time travel program, then I need to know what the rules of those are. If there was a waiting room canonically, where is it now? And then, secondarily, they are not using Ziggy to her full extent. That's true. I want that personality. Maybe we'll get it once Janice is out of the system. You know, maybe maybe that's part of the reason that Ziggy isn't a fully formed character. But I, I, I agree with you. I don't think that that alone would be reason enough to not have Ziggy be Ziggy. It's not a failing so much as a missed opportunity to me. Yes. Yeah. You know, I I don't want to come off as hating for the sake of hating. But knowing Ziggy as the character that I know her to be, that interaction with Ian is one I want to see. You see a back yes. and forth with Ian with that type of character? Completely. I completely. mean, it's it's just the, the dialogue is already interesting in my brain. Yes, 100%. Instead, we've got the cardboard cutout that is Jen. What did she say this week? Jen had a great line. She did said, she? It's, <laughs> she said, Addison, it's my job to be cynical. I made a note of that. I was like, oh, that's her job. That's what yeah. she's here for. So t- to Ziggy, though, in in the four episodes we've done now, we've we've talked a lot about the things we want to see from this show. And every week it delivers a little bit of what we talk about, I think. Sure. For the most part, you know. Sure. And I think part of what we're saying here is like just a plea to the gods to say, like, this is what we need next. Right. Because I think the gods are kind of in a way listening to us because we keep getting these little nuggets. But if they need sort of an in to do it, Janice has the old handling, right? Mm-hmm. What if Ziggy's personality starts coming through in interactions with her once her imaging chamber is complete? I still hold out hope that we're going to get something there that Ziggy is going to be the one that kind of fights back against her. I really, really hope. Yeah. We talked a little bit about that with regards to like the Age of Ultron kind of style of computer versus interloper, right? Yeah. I, I still kind of hold out hope that we'll see something like that. I'm dealing with too many data-limiting factors. Yeah, maybe all her personality is entirely localized in the hand link at this point. Well, we also don't know what happened to Ziggy in the years following Quantum Leap, right? Right, the program was shut down, so what would you do with with the computer? And the rationale behind the resurgence of Quantum Leap was, was delivered in this episode by Magic 2, who decided to reopen the program specifically because of what he learned Right in those files. He saw that And this was one of the other cool concepts there was that not only did he find out that Sam leaped into him, he became aware of the original history of what happened to him in the platoon. And that's when he said, I have to restart this. I have to try to get Sam home. Right. Because this is a man I didn't know who did this much for me. Right. And And so many others. Yeah. And so many others. And doing anything less for him would be a disservice. I was like, that's a pretty great mission statement. And it's sort of like exactly the sort of rationale I was hoping to see. Sure. From magic behind this. But it was nice to hear it out loud, right? 
anytime somebody mentions so tragic what happened to Sam, he was lost. You know, we never got it back. He never came home. We can't let that happen to Ben, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the conceit of the finale, I read, and I think most people read as Sam chose to stay. Right. And they don't know that. Yes, they don't, because they have no idea that Sam elected to continue doing this. They just thought he was lost forever. But right. It, you know, it was absolutely. And, you know, Al included to the end of his life, which is, an, again, kind of a dick move, Sam. Pretty, pretty you know? <laughs> horrible, isn't it? <laughs> but, um, you know, he, he answered uh, a higher calling at the behest of fate or time. And they're going to have to find a way to bring Bacula to this show. Yeah. I mean, there's no way they can't do it at this point, right? I mean... Not without completely screwing the pooch. Yeah. They continue to write in that direction to force him into a place where he won't be able to say, I can't do this show. Like, they they are... I mean, (laughs) how is he going to say no their entire show is beginning to rest on bringing Sam back. Right. Well, I mean, at least that's magic's whole plan, right? I don't know. Like maybe, maybe there's a chance that whatever Ben and Janice planned on that one magic weekend together at Caltech has nothing to do with Sam Beckett. That would be an interesting twist, but they better deliver on that. You know what I mean? Like it's gotta be something far more interesting than, finding Sam Beckett, right? I think I need to walk back my statement a little bit because as I continue to think about it, the the result of that conversation Ian had with Magic, it was not, we need to get Sam. It was, we can't let this happen to Ben. Yes, exactly. I made a note of that. Like, we can't let it happen again. Yeah. So it may not necessarily be all hinging on Scott Bakula returning. But I guess it is clear that for the current team Quantum Leap, the goal is to make sure that Ben comes back. It kind of overshadowed most of the leap for me. Yeah, I was it was the was the one part of the show that I just like literally was just typing in my phone, transcribing everything he said as yeah. he was saying it. You know, yeah. it's like, oh my God. Like I've waited it's the moment in this show so far that I've legitimately waited thirty years to hear about. Right. So and how cool was that? And they did it and they did it well. The truth is, like, there's no one who was a fan of the original Quantum Leap that hasn't spent a significant part of their life since Quantum Leap thinking about what they would do if they were given the keys to the kingdom. I have to believe that's true because there's so many little things that's peppered throughout that series that suggest future stories or, or that things could continue. Right. And sometimes when you get the original creators or somebody who's hyper invested in it back in to continue that story, it becomes a very underwhelming experience, right? Like it doesn't live up to expectations. And I'm thinking of like the X-Files reboot from a few years ago. I'm thinking of the Star Wars prequels, right? Like all of these things that you, you grow up hyper invested in and then the the creator comes in and says, no, this is what I had in mind. And you're like, that's what you had in mind? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. You know? So, oh, my so, God. How yeah, bad I, were those X-Files reboots? There were there were a handful of really terrific episodes uh, peppered in there. They, they were mostly due to Darren Morgan coming back as a writer on a couple episodes. There's a couple just that... all-timers in those two seasons of the X-Files. 
But there were, the, yeah, there were good episodes, but X-Files is a show that had more than three opportunities to finale itself, and it blew it every Blew every time. last one of them. Every time you had a, you had three chances to end this show and you blew it each time. <laughs> the original finale was horrible. The second movie second that movie. could have been a, that was horrible. And then the reboot that came back, they had a third chance. You had a finale and a movie and you screwed the pooch on both of them. Here's another shot. And it was even worse. <laughs> and you still mucked it up. Yeah. It was just yeah. like unreal. Yeah. So, uh, so, so to that end, yeah, uh, I feel like Quantum Leap's <laughs> going swimmingly so far. <laughs> this show is not what I would have done, right? And that might be what I'm wrestling with on a regular basis. You know, when you're a creative, as you and I both are, I'm obviously wrestling against what I had planned to do, what I would have done had I been given keys to the kingdom, like you said. So, uh, that being said, I don't know that I could have described the leap experience as well as they did in this episode. I couldn't have done I it. I love it. I couldn't have done it. I was like, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. And the language is not what I expected. Yeah. The and, language is perfect. And it's just, it explains it all as succinctly as Al explains string theory in the original episode of quantum and it all kind of clicks and it all makes sense. But this one makes sense on this sort of like deep spiritual level almost. Yeah. And listening to, to Ernie Hudson deliver all of it. It's just like, wow, just floored me. If that's as good as the show ever gets, you, you achieve something for me there. You know, still not a hundred percent on this, notion of splitting up a quantum leap show between two narratives all right so, so they have so what do you planted, do so they have planted a couple threads that could bear fruit and and maybe they did this on purpose one is that the government's aware of what they're doing and will probably start asking questions about it right right so i could see that 2022 storyline in addition to being about what is uh, janice up to being about okay well what do we do when the government starts kind of encroaching here are they going to try to shut things down i feel like there's a precedent there for a plot line like that and maybe they did that because they were like well we don't know we, we might get 10 episodes we might get 12 we might get 18 maybe we need more material so maybe we'll see something like that happen as yeah. the season progresses right? it'll be interesting to see how they're they're doing so far the leap stories i mean how do we feel about them on a whole if you put them all in one basket i feel pretty good about the leaps i feel like the first one was trying too hard i feel like the second one quieted things down just enough i as i said last week was a fan of the boxing episode mm -hmm. and i feel like this week's was 50 50 i think that the romance plot worked better than the bounty hunter plot mm -hmm. but i feel like overall i felt like it was it felt like quantum leap to me i guess is what I would say is, is it, it definitely felt like a Beckett-esque Quantum Leap adventure. Yeah. In my notes, I was in the process of writing something very similar down. And at that moment, the score gave this kind of this action-y buzz vibe or something. <laughs> and I was just like, wait a minute, what is this music? I mean, I'll have to go back and listen to it again. But like the score was like somehow still trying to make this an action show. And whoever's doing the score is no Velton Ray Bunch, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> but, Certainly no Mike Post, but yeah, nobody, right. yeah, nobody's right. a Mike Post. 
<laughs> is Mike Post still with us? I don't know. He doesn't do anything anymore. But I mean, like, hey, when you make stuff that great, you don't have to. Yeah, right. I he's, mean, I guess he still the man's does. got a legacy. That's for sure. Did Mike Post compose the uh, Law and Order themes? Yes. So, I mean, he's still out there doing variations on the Law and Order Fair themes. enough. Yeah, yeah. Gotta be. Just tweaking it just a little bit here and there. Good for him. But um, I think the Leap stories so far, they've been not entirely new ground. They've done some inventive things with recognizable stories. Like yes. uh, the, yes. the fourth episode of season one, the original series, he was a boxer. Different storyline. This... All right, but... so... Was that the episode where he meets Sylvester Stallone in the meat locker? No. There is an episode of Quantum Leap where he's, I want to say it's the one where he's a boxer and he meets somebody and he mentions, I saw in a movie once, you could just box against these sides of meat in the, oh, in yeah, the freezer. Remember, yeah, I remember and he's that. He's like, oh, too. okay, yo. And he like, it's like, Haha, that's funny. It's a, uh, huh. And he kind of looks after him like, maybe I just gave. Sylvester Stallone, the idea. For yeah, what is the brush with history or something? What is it? Right. Um, yeah. So no, the original series always kept the reference point very explicit, right? There's an episode in the first season of Quantum Leap where, I, God, he's like, it's almost like the Godfather. Like, it's it's like almost exactly the Godfather, in fact. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. or at least the opening sequence at the wedding in the Godfather. Yeah. No. Well, as far as this boxing episode is concerned, it was uh, his name was Kid Cody. Yes. OK. And yeah. he was uh, boxing for a church. He was a, a boxer that took a dive or had had all, all his fights fixed for a year. And a church had taken up his contract. And, uh, you know, if he won the big fight, then they would get a payday to build their new cathedral. You know, it was. As far as original series episodes go, it was kind of run of the mill. And I was kind of looking out for some uh, name drops or, or some kind of connection maybe that I could tie back to the reboot. But there wasn't anything there that I could see. If anybody out there witnesses or, or, or notices some kind of connection to the original series that we miss, tweet yeah. it at me. Yeah, you know? please let us know. Yeah, let me know. I think these are the things I'm kind of looking out for as I as I do my rewatch. And I thought the boxing episode uh, was what 77 for Ben. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this one was in 74. So I thought, oh, you know, maybe a name on the wall or a poster on the wall would be for the oh, hammer. Yeah. Um, but that would have been nice. Yeah, but it it wasn't there as far as I could tell. Nevertheless, um, next leap. Definitely leaping outside of his lifetime and yeah. uh, into the Old West. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it'll be really, really interesting to see. And I, even more than this Old West episode, I'm wondering how far back this goes. Like, uh, what if Sam is Jesus? I'm going to uh, leave it right there, folks. Uh, yeah, 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 that's a... <laughs> what if the point a, in time where we're trying to get back to... Let's put a pin in that one. Is uh ...is like zero bc and uh sam is jesus <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean how often can things go wrong they've been going wrong for all of humanity right so if you're a time traveler and you work i guess ben isn't cognizant of the fact that he's controlling things yet though right i mean no certainly he, not he doesn't know that and nobody at the project ever became aware of that so i assume at some point that will 
be revealed to Ben as well. And at that Maybe point, Ben will leap into that same bar from the final episode. Quantum I hope and, so. And like Bruce McGill will still be there, like shining mugs. Yeah, I sure as shit hope so. I that'd be I fun. Don't, yeah, I don't hate that finale. I there. Oh, are, I don't either. I don't either. I I liked it because it was this weird existential kind of like it, all it did was raise questions. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people dislike it because of the fact that it was cut short. It felt like the show was cut short. Yeah. There weren't a lot of answers given. And then, of course, the text at the end right. of the oh, show that just... by the way. Uh, and by the way, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the end, and he never made it home. Yeah. Um, but all in all, this nebulous bar where he witnesses all of these people that he's inhabited, you find that there are other leapers out there that yep. somehow, like, how did they become leapers if there was no quantum leap project? I like the fact that there are no answers. It's was ripe for a reboot. Yeah, I hope the show takes full advantage of it. They've referred to the finale enough. Yeah. Like you can't you can't cherry pick your cannon, you know? It's like but it's like that finale yeah, is real. But they are. <laughs> Brian, they are cherry picking their cannon. There's no waiting room. That's true. That's true. They've you're right. You can't do that gotta know maybe there'll be a whole plot about where is the waiting room we're like shit we forgot about the waiting room guys yeah, and it's right. still it's still gonna be at the original like mount quantum leap in nevada <laughs> <laughs> there's that mountain with like electricity all over it <laughs> like oh shit the waiting room <laughs> yeah i just picture like the head writer like waking up in the middle of the night <gasps> waiting room <laughs> it's like oh my god we forgot no i don't know it's got to be a conscious choice. I mean, if you're going to sit yeah. back and write as thoughtful a moment with, with Magic and his experience, it's, it's got to be a conscious choice. It can't be an oversight, right? Right. And I don't understand why, unless they just felt like that aspect of it was too complicated for modern audiences. But I just don't think that's true. Or they didn't think they had room or time because of all the other characters and things that they wanted yeah, to do. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe there's just too much going on and they couldn't. I, I don't know. It's I don't know. just seems more like a conscious choice than an oversight. So just really, just really, really curious. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, you know, the show is certainly giving us stuff to think about and talk about every week. Who knows? Maybe the waiting room is, is going to turn up at some point. I just don't know how you do it at this point, but I, yeah. I you know, I don't know. The show's surprised me so far. So Yeah. Uh, at least twice this week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this, I, I, I think, the fact that the relationship has been revealed to Ben, that was big. And yeah, it had the makes magic, it so much more interesting. Yeah, and had the magic stuff not happened in the same episode, I think we'd be talking about that a whole lot more. Probably, probably. Really bold and interesting to, to do that so early. And a lot of implications on both counts. So, uh, yeah, I'll be really interested to see. And maybe we'll see somebody this season reject the nudge. I feel like we're trying to wind down. <laughs> Probably should. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is late, isn't it? We're doing this at uh, almost one in the morning here, folks. <laughs> <laughs> we lack the ability to time travel. Yeah. Next episode, next week, we're going to record a little later. Probably recording a little later. I will be leaping out of the country next week. Okay. Okay. Well, be aware of that, folks. But uh, I guess we're going to kind of wind this one up. Yeah. Um, 
folks, remember, when leaping through cyberspace, find us on Twitter at Captain Burn, C-A-P-T-N-B-E-R-N. And at Action Nate, A-C-T-I-O-N-N-A-T-E. And also, don't forget to check out the Paprika feed for movie reviews, pop culture drafts, and countless hours of entertainment. Uh, there's an interview on there this week with the cinematographer of A24's The Green Knight, which is, uh, I, I can't wait to listen to that. Yeah. That, that movie was rad as hell. Yeah. I'm going to uh, check that out. Uh, but until next leap, I'm Brian. And I'm Nate. And we'll be here, even if the show won't, <laughs> in the waiting room. The waiting room, folks. Yeah.